Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Bulletin. Radio. the Bulletin today is uh, featuring Guy Havelt, the one and the only Guy Havelt out of uh, TVNZ as a very highly renowned sports journalist, of course, and uh, he, of course, would have been, I would imagine, keeping his eye on the test match between New Zealand and Bangladesh and Kane Williamson, Guy Havelt, Test 100, number 29. Uh, morning, Smithy. Nice, nice to hear your voice again. Um, yeah, well, I mean, every time he scores a century, you you kind of uh, take a step back and, and try and figure out what to say about this guy. Um, he's just a machine, isn't he? And and there were times uh, in that second session <clears throat> when um, Bangladesh were, were bowling very well. I must say that their spin was was right on the money, and they they kind of had him in tangles a little bit. But he just managed to get himself out of it, and and that shows the mark of a batsman who, even when under pressure, is is able to fight their way through it. And 29 test centuries alongside Sir Donald Bradman, Virat Kohli, uh, that kind of says all you need to know really about where this guy stands in in, in the annals of international cricket, and uh, in international cricket history, not just international cricket at the moment, but in the history of the game and. I'm not going to say New Zealand won't ever see another batter like him again, but will we see one in, in, in my lifetime? I'm not so sure. He just makes it look um, most of the time so easy and, and almost so effortless. And, and not that he doesn't care, but he's, he's, not, he's not so exuberant about everything. Well, he's not exuberant at all about anything. He just likes to bat, and he bats so well. And it is just a pleasure to watch. The guy is... is is a phenomenon, um, and I don't know how long we've got left of Kane Williamson out in the middle, but every cricket fan, if they're not already, should just be making the most of watching him play. He's he's a special man. Yeah, I think it's going to take a lot for him to even consider retirement, uh, to be perfectly honest. I mean, he just loves batting. He just lives to bat. He lives to, to not get out. So and, unless something changed, and, you know, he's been had some terrible injury problems with an elbow, a knee, a, a, you know, a broken thumb of late. So uh, unless the body says to him at some point when he wakes up, nah, I can't be bothered going to the Nets today, uh, I think we're going to have him for quite some time. And I think we're probably going to have uh, quite a lot of uh, Rachin Ravindra as well. Uh, guy, I, I particularly was astonished he couldn't make this test team. So was I. I was absolutely flabbergasted that he didn't make this 11. I mean, yes, it's a different format to what we saw in India, but man, the way he batted in India, he should be in every Black Caps team that is named for as long as he keeps this form, certainly, um, and probably for as long as he wants to play. The guy is the next 
I don't want to say, I don't want to put this kind of thing on him, but he feels like the next coming of someone like Kane Williamson, the guy who you need in your team if you want to win games of cricket. And the way that, as I say, the way that he batted in India was, was just phenomenal. And, and his bowling in India was pretty good as well. And, I, I mean, I, I heard uh, you and Gords yesterday kind of talking about this and, and saying, you know, people as well also saying that, you know, he probably should have been in instead of Henry Nichols. Uh, which I, I kind of also agree, but but even in place of, of someone like Ish Sodi, because um, you're going to get some decent bowling out of Raj and Ravindra. Sodi's bowling in Test cricket has not been very good um, at all, but but even in this match, it, it hasn't been great. He hasn't really pressured much of Bangladesh's batting. And I just feel like Raj and Ravindra probably would have pressured them more, and then you get the batting on top of that as well. I, I, I really scratch my head at that one, and I hope they don't make the same mistake again going forward. Um, not quite sure why he wasn't there, um, and, and I hope that it doesn't happen again. Well, look, uh, the interesting thing, and, and you will have marked this down as well, and uh, maybe even uh, asking for permission to go already uh, to the Boxing Day test in 2026. Now, last time we seen a team uh, across there, we were... Very, very disappointing, embarrassingly disappointing, actually. Yeah. But if I look at a top four that perhaps consists of Conway, Williamson, uh, Rachin Ravindra and Daryl Mitchell being available, I think we can bat OK in Australia. That's a nice-sounding top four, isn't it? Uh, Rachin has to be, I think, um, when, when Tom Latham does, does hang up the bat and the gloves and whatever, and, and he's slightly out of form, but I still think class is... Class is permanent when it comes to that sort of role. When that does happen, I think Rachin does slot straight into that top order. And, and like you say, if he bats alongside uh, another player is out of form at the moment, but Devin Conway, who we all know the class of, when he bats alongside him, that is a very, very, very good opening partnership. And then obviously we've just spoken about Kane Williamson, and you know my feelings about Daryl Mitchell. For a long time, was the most underrated cricketer in New Zealand, and is finally getting the plaudits he deserves, and is still playing some excellent cricket as well. And, and that excites me, that top four. Um, and, yeah, just give it a little bit of time to, to continue to, to blood itself into, into test cricket. Uh, and come 26, 27, I think you, you, can, you can go to Australia with some confidence that you're going to be able to get um, a, a decent little period of time in the middle from, from those batters and, and then maybe put some pressure on Australia's bowlers, which, as you rightfully say, throughout that series... When, when New Zealand was last over there 2019-2020, uh, there was just no pressure on them whatsoever. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that happen. That would be very exciting for New Zealand cricket. I, I think there'll be a change of personnel in Australian cricket by then as well. I, I don't see, you know, I mean, Stark's got to be getting towards the end. Hazel yeah, getting totally. towards the end. Yep. You know, Cummins may be still around by then. Uh, Nathan Lyon only plays test cricket, so he's probably going to hang in as long as uh, he can bend over and do his boots up. But the fact of the matter is, they're going to go through some transition as well. Uh, so I quite, you know, as long as we can score big, that, that is the secret of beating Australia or competing with Australia anywhere, but particularly in Australia, is the ability of your top order to withstand that early attack and then cash in. So basics of test cricket, I guess, but painfully obvious. You've got to score runs, absolutely. But you and I both know, Smithy, that they'll... They'll find some new fast bowlers in the scrap heap somewhere that'll come through the system and probably be the next bloody Glenn McGrath or something and we'll be forever (laughs) wondering how on earth we beat those buggers. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that the truth. Hey, um, speaking of scrap heaps, uh, Tiger's not prepared to be jumping on the, uh, the scrap heap, it seems, at this point. 
Yeah, another guy who just incredible. I, I'm not, I'm not holding out hope that he that he's going to go and and win another major or or even win another PGA Tour tournament. But I've got to say, um, his golf swing looks completely normal. Really, yeah, he's lost a bit of power and 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 sinisa or, or uh, yeah, power and, and kind of explosiveness, I suppose, out of the swing, but. It still looks good uh, technically, and he's still seemingly hitting it straight. He's still accurate, um, and I'm quite excited just to see. I know this is a bit of a poxy tournament, but I'm just quite excited to see what he's able to do over four days. Uh, I do worry about. I know he says he, he doesn't have any pain in his ankle anymore, but I do worry about the limp. Still, it looked like even walking into mm. that press conference yesterday, he was still limping quite a lot. Uh, I do. I do wonder how much his body can hold out for, for four rounds. I don't think he'd be doing this, though, if he didn't think it could. Um, he says he only wants to play, or he says he will aim to play uh, one tournament a month next year, which I think is still probably more than I was anticipating. That's 12, 12 tournaments a year. You've got to anticipate at least two of those, possibly all four of the majors, if he if, if his body's mm. up to the rigours of, of the longer courses. Um, but, yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? I mean... We all saw people of our age, anyway, our ilk, have seen Tiger Woods do what Tiger Woods did in his absolute bomb. And, yeah, he might be past those days, but, man, any time that guy's on a golf course, you just want to be watching. And that's exactly what I'll be doing this weekend. I I can't wait. Absolutely. Um, We can also watch uh, the Australian Open where uh, 15 Kiwis are on uh, display and uh, one of them is... uh, um, two or three off the pace, but uh, playing again with credit, uh, and, and that is uh, Michael Hendry. And this is a really nice story. Yeah, and, and just such a great guy. I've had a, quite a lot to do with Mike uh, over the years, and um, when this diagnosis came through earlier this year, it really knocked him back a bit. But, man, six months later, he's out on the course. He won the Clearwater Open uh, last month, just a couple of weeks after he had returned to professional golf. And... Last time I checked, you'll have the scores in front of you, but last time I checked, he was one under through the early stages of the Australian mm. Open. And, and then in the Australian PGA, shot nine under over the weekend and finished in, in the top 15. I mean, for a guy whose energy is still... I, 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 um, we, had a, we have a cameraman over there at the moment who's actually caddying for a player and decided to take his camera with him just to get a couple of interviews. And so we managed to get an interview with Mike and he said, yeah, my, my energy through rounds three and four is still pretty low. And, you know, I've got to have these blood tests every six, six weeks and, and biopsies every, every three months just to check that everything's okay. And he said it takes the energy out of him. So for a guy to be shooting nine under in the last two rounds of a tournament uh, shows kind of the determination and the will to succeed and, and kind of the mental um, strengths of, of someone like Michael Hendry. And I just hope he does well. Um, he loves golf. He says it's his outlet from everything else that's going on in his life. So, yeah, I'd love to see him succeed again. Uh, great guy and uh, someone who's, who's – and that's the other thing, someone who's flown the flag for New Zealand golf for so, year, so many years always come back to the New Zealand Open, always given back to those tournaments, the Charles Tour, things like that. Uh, and it would mm. be awesome to see him uh, see him get another title on a big stage like, like, like the Australian Open or even bigger than that if he can. A couple of uh, rugby issues. Um, I was looking at a very interesting headline yesterday on stuff uh, with Rob Nicholl firing a warning shot at provincial unions over this New Zealand rugby reform. And this is on the back of this... Uh, 
this this paper that was written written by a, a number of people, including David Pilkington, who was the chair, uh, organising the whole thing. But uh, Rob Nichols saying basically, if we don't adhere to it, uh, what a waste of time and money, and we simply have to. Rugby, I, I, I've got to be honest, I haven't I haven't really delved deep in, into that. But what I would say is that rugby is in a pretty interesting position around the world, but particularly in New Zealand at the moment. I mean, so much going on in terms of that. Sam Kane's comments around eligibility, uh, players leaving, Scott Robertson coming in. There's just so much, um, so many questions around what's going to happen over the next 12 months, but certainly the next four years. And, and it, it, I'm not the first person to say this. Plenty of people have said this before, but it, it kind of feels like a bit of a make-or-break period for New Zealand rugby. Um, you know, Silver Lake investing and all that sort of stuff, they've, they've got to use that to, to really take advantage of, of the money that, that, is, that is available to New Zealand rugby. If they can't do that, um, we've already seen that, that the game is under immense pressure. And if they can't, can't find a way to get through these, what I would term, kind of ugly periods, uh, rugby is in real, real trouble. Uh, and it is globally at the moment, I think, as well. Um, for a number of reasons, but you put you throw concussion into the mix too, uh, um, and all of a sudden it, it is a sport massively under pressure. So uh, I, I think um, I'm I, I don't have massive confidence in, in in a lot of the the hierarchy at New Zealand Rugby just because of of the way they've gone about few, a few things over the years, and and now heading into probably. Um, the biggest testing period and, and certainly in, in the professional era, I would say, of, of rugby in this country, um, this is the bit where they really have to pull finger and show that they are the right people to be in charge of the sport. I haven't seen it yet, uh, and that is the big test for them, as I say, probably over the next 12 to, to twelve months to four years. Guy, um, just finally, you're at the front of uh, pretty much every major sporting story on behalf of TVNZ. Uh, and now that uh, we've got the, well, America's Cup pre-regattas uh, in full force, I think there's one this weekend, actually. Uh, um, uh, I just wonder, and TVNZ have always led the coverage, have always led the coverage in terms of uh, America's Cup regattas. Is that still a, a big push for you guys? Um, it's a good question, Smitty. I, I, I feel like... The America's Cup used to be so simple to follow, didn't it? It used to be that teams would, challenges would come here for a regatta and then they would race and they would decide who then races Team New Zealand or, or the holder, in this case Team New Zealand and the America's Cup. It's not like that anymore. They've got all these regattas, which I assume, well, we all know, are for financial gain, trying to generate money, all that sort of thing. Um, they supposedly, I think, I don't even know, 100% count towards points towards who then can face Team New Zealand in the America's Cup. It's massively different from what it used to be. I think that's largely in part because Sail GP has actually been quite a bit of a success. They've come in and rocked the boat a little bit in terms of fleet racing, in terms of these very, very fast, exciting boats and uh, the catamarans that they use. That, that When you see, you know, uh, what is it now, about 10, I think it is, 10 boats um, in the fleet, when you see them all racing together, that's exciting. Uh, there's, there's room for carnage. There's room for interesting manoeuvres. There's speed. There's all those elements that we as sports fans want to watch. And I think initially maybe the America's Cup has been left behind. A, well, actually, in fairness, they, they kind of had the catamarans to start with. But 
it was kind of just two boats against each other. It was match racing as opposed to the fleet racing. And I think they've seen what Sal GP has done. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it's Sal GP on this weekend as well, up against the, the America's Cup regatta in Jeddah. So that's going to be fascinating to see which one kind of garners the, the public's interest. I do feel like, for a number of reasons, one that I've just mentioned around the, the convoluted nature of, of how the America's Cup works these days, and also just the way that, that I think... I, I don't think Grant Dalton has really um, has really uh, done anything that, that kind of uh, gets the, the public on his side, really, in the last few years. Taking the regatta away from New Zealand to Barcelona, I don't think that was a, that was a move that really... Um, brought the public in, into his favour. Um, and so I think it probably has fallen out of love a little bit. I'll probably still watch it. Um, but as I say, I don't really understand how it all works to the end product, which is, of course, the America's Cup next year. Um, so a few yeah. reasons why I, don't, why I think it's kind of fallen out of favour. I'll keep an eye on both, and, and then um, maybe we can chat next week uh, about which one I enjoyed more. <laughs> okay. We'll do that. It, uh, let's uh, make an appointment <laughs> for that guy. Guy Havelt, uh, thank you very much. Um, enjoy uh, watching Tiger over the next uh, three or four days. I hope he's uh, somewhere around about that leaderboard. That'll be absolutely fascinating. Uh, fairy tale stuff. Hey, hey, Guy, thanks for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. Nah, good man. It's really nice to chat to you.